things that you've been looking for, and you're like, man, I, I, I struggle with anxiety, and now I don't. Maybe, maybe it's just you're, you're sitting there, and you just have a sense that he's there. I don't know what it is, but there's a place, and we make it our goal in worship and, and in the word and just around that, that there would be moments that you could encounter him. And the second thing is grow. Uh, more than just encounter, like that's, a, that's great, and I love that. It's probably my most favorite part is encounter, but, but we, we don't want you to stay there. We want you to grow in your walk with God. And we've got Discover Track, and we've got um, uh, Connect Groups, and there's different places. We've got an in-state group starting up where you can learn Bible. And, and, uh, so wouldn't that be great that like, you encounter him, you grow? And then the last thing, and part of what even today is designed to invite a friend, and then we've got some outreaches coming up and some different things, is release. I, I think this, um, that nobody has a junior Holy Spirit. That's a good idea. I don't, and I think that, that, that when you give your heart to the Lord, that you've got um, the opportunity for the power and presence of God to come, that you've got gifts inside you, that there, you, uh, the, you can't just, well, you can, but let me suggest that you not just come every week and it just be about you. That eventually it becomes about somebody else. It becomes about people out there. It becomes about the people that you're sitting next in, and there will be an opportunity for you to release then the gifts that are inside you to the world around you. And it comes back to the worldwide idea. What if the whole world experienced the power and presence of God and got saved? And I think we could do that if we first start here in Counter Grow Release. What do you think about that? Is that a good idea? Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's the why. Today, I, wa- I want to I wanna just share just a relatively... Well, man, we're, we're doing great on time. I think I'm going to preach longer than I was planning on. We're going to do just a relatively short message today, and then we're going we're gonna to eat together, and um, we've got bounce houses uh, for um, those uh, over 60. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Are you going to get in with me, Tammy? No? You're laughing at me. I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't know how to take that. The topic, I want to, as I was praying about today, I thought, well, let's, uh, let's just talk about the topic of salvation. And um, for some of us, it's going to be old hat, and, and you've been saved a long time, or you've, you've heard uh, this topic before, and my prayer for you is that, is that you would encounter Jesus for, uh, again for the first time. And, and then there's, there's some of you in this room that you're like, man, you just, you would say, if you were just to be honest, you'd say, Pastor Jonathan, if I were to die today, I don't know if I would go to heaven. And I want to talk about that. And I feel like there's something in here for everybody. And uh, maybe in this topic of salvation, you've, um, you've heard it presented in all kinds of different ways. And there's all kinds of appropriate ways. Um, some of them are, are a little bit like, like you know, the, the guy standing on the stage and, and saying, repent, Turner Bird, you know. And how many know that there is like a, uh, there's, there is a, uh, an appropriate time, you know, to be able to tell people, watch out. Like, you know, and you have to get, but today I felt like this, um, the, the word that came to mind about, oh, two or three weeks ago, um, there was a phrase and then, and then a word, and the phrase was this, it's as easy as one, two, three, and um, I made that phrase up, um, Jackson 5, a really, really spiritual group, uh, it, it came to me as I was in prayer, and then, uh, uh, and then the word was the invitation, that, uh, have you, isn't it, even if you don't ever plan on going, like when you get an invitation in the mail, and some of you, you get them and you just throw them away, but isn't it nice 
you know, when you get like an actual piece of mail in the mailbox, and it's not a bill, and it's not like an advertisement, but it's like you have to open it, and you pull it out, and it says you're invited. Maybe it's a birthday party, or maybe it's a banquet, or maybe it's a wedding. We just, we just uh, got back from a wedding. But it's like, even if you don't plan on going, they thought about you. They thought, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to write this down, and, and I'm going to put it in the mail, and I'm going to spend 50 cents. You know, it's a whole lot cheaper to do an email, but I'm going to spend 50 cents, I'm going to make sure this gets to you and make sure you know you're invited. And I was thinking about Jesus and, and the story of salvation. And, and here, like, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to make anybody feel, um, like, uncomfortable or, or make you feel like you're, uh, you know, like we're trying to force something down your throat or anything. But this is what I want you to know. Because there's just an invitation. And, and uh, you know, you'll find out a little bit later, like, there's not, like, all roads lead to heaven. Like, there's one way. There's just one way. And it's not because he's angry. Actually, he is in a good mood and he loves you. And there's a whole bunch of people heading towards um, destruction, heading towards hell. And he's like, wait, I got an idea. Here's an invitation. Here's an invitation. You don't have to go that way. And I, my, my thought for you today is that you just, you'd accept that invitation. And if you already have, man, there is somebody in your life that needs an invitation. And it's really... Um, it's as easy as one, two, three, and we're going we're gonna to talk. Now, man, when I say that, and someone's like, it's not that easy. I'll tell you, there's, there's three, maybe I should say there's three simple steps. And, and it's not that easy. It, it, it's a free gift, but it'll cost you everything. And I got to tell you that up front, because uh, some people uh, want to say the prayer, you know, you know and, and, and they give their heart to the Lord, and then 10 years later they realize, wait a minute, I thought that was all I had to do. Like, I thought it was just, and, and I want you to know just up front, like, it's free, but it, you have to lay it all down. You know that there's a difference between a fan and a follower? Do you know, do you know that? Like, like when you go to, a, when you go to a, a Husker football game, I had the chance of going with uh, Dan Mass to, um, uh, what was it? It was the spring game. And so, uh, who are we rooting for again? I don't, I don't remember. And, uh, and so we got to go. And, and it was actually, guys, it was my first time ever in the stadium. And so it was, it was like, it was a spiritual moment um, for me. And uh, so, but, but, I, but I remember sitting there. I mean, we were, there was like, uh, how many people fit in that stadium again? It was like 90,000, 80, 90,000. And, and uh, some of you know the exact number. And I'm sitting there, cause, and I was a fan. I, it, there, was, there was nothing about my uh, role in that stadium that impacted the game. Uh, they probably, the players probably, they could, probably couldn't hear my, my individual voice. I was a fan. And, but a follower is in the game. And, and when Jesus called the disciples and he says, I want you to follow me, he wasn't inviting them to be fans. He was inviting them to be, to be followers. And a follower is one that, that le- leaves it all behind that lays it, all, lays it all down. And so he's saying, hey, guys, and I'll tell you what, and we, we've been in a series in 1 Corinthians. I'm taking a break today, and we'll come back, back next week. And, man, it's, it's, it's been a while. If you, is anybody like, hey, pick a different book yet? Anybody? No? When I was talking about, like, divorce and remarriage a few weeks ago, were you like, pick a different book, right? You know? <laughs> no, thanks. I appreciate it. But, but this, is, this, is, this is what I believe, and you can ju- I'll just serve this to you, and you guys can decide what you think. I think there's going to be a lot of fans 
of Jesus that don't make it to heaven. I think it's followers that make it to heaven. I think there's going to be fans, and we're going to, we'll see this here, because here, um, uh, point number one today is there's one way. There's only one way. I, um, I just got we, got, we got back, part of our vacation was in South Dakota. We had a vacation. It was like business and vacation. Any of you ever do the business and vacation together, and you get back, back and you're super relaxed, right, because you did did business and vacation, right? And but I, I officiated a wedding in Iowa, and then then there was a couple uh, uh, days with family, and then we drove to uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, and did a did a pastors conference, and then took uh, three four three days in uh, the Black Hills, and just had a had a blast. Um, but uh, this is I was thinking about this. I am old enough, and some of you may not um, uh, believe me, but I'm old enough to remember maps like actual, you know, like, like there was a company, um, it's probably still around, called Rand McNally. <laughs> and we, would, we would buy, like, um, they were, for those of you, for, for those, uh, Chris, they were, um, they're called atlases. <laughs> and you would buy them, and every, uh, ever so often, uh, depending on how often you traveled and stuff, you would have to buy a new one because it doesn't automatically update. You know, you don't get the, the, new, the new software. And so I remember, that. so on this trip, I was thinking about, um, because we were going everywhere, and, um, and now, there's, uh, now there's GPS. I remember, um, I was one of the first ones to, to get the, the new, like the, the Garmin GPS that you mounted on your, and I was like, man, this is, this is cool. My wife thought, who is ever going to need that? Right, and then now it's all now it's in your phone, and everybody uses it. I mean, I use it when, when someone says, "Hey, do you want to come over to my house?" And I haven't been there, and I'm like, "GPS, right, right to right to their to their house." I don't even ask them directions anymore. And I mean, there was someone the other day trying to give me directions. I'm like, "I'm smiling, not because you know, you just put the put the address in, boom, there you go." I, I needed to call Nye Pelton the other day to figure out how to get to his house because I was coming from a different direction. I was coming, I had to go to Holdridge, and then I was going to go to Bertrand, and I hadn't been there from that direction. I'm like, and I was running late. I'm like, I just need to know the fastest way there, and he, he talked me through it and all that. But, um, I mean, do you guys care about this? Is this? That's a big deal in my life. <laughs> so we're in, we're in South Dakota, and we're, we're at this hotel, and then the, the services, the part of the conference is at the church, and it's about 15 minutes away. And so we plug in the address, and, and we're, going, um, we're going to the church, and, you know, and um, I don't know if it's Siri or whoever it is is, is directing us. It's a woman's voice. Uh, any of you, like, switch it to the British voice? I, mean, I, read, I, I digress. And, and so it, they, they do, you know, you, you make the left turn and the right turn, we get there. Well, the story goes that then... Uh, I'm still not quite familiar with Rapid City, so we plug in the address back to the hotel, and it takes us another route. And then we get, so we're, we're at the, and so the next day, I'm still not really familiar, and I was like, let's, just to make sure, let's plug the address in back to the church. And it takes us still another route. And I'm like, what is going, what's going on? Now I'm all confused, and I have to use the GPS every time because I don't remember which way to go. And there was probably three or four different routes to the, and what I think was happening is that it was calculating the fastest route based on traffic and and the positioning of the sun or something and <laughs> and the mood and series mood yeah and so uh, I, I just I wanted to say like this is the opposite of the gospel there's only one way 
And Siri wants to let you know that there's multiple ways. I don't know. I, is that, I figured there was some way to tie that in. There's one way. Jesus said in John 14, classic verse, if, if you've read it before, it says this. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except, except through me. Acts 4, Luke wrote this, and he, he said this, and salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And, and I just, I don't want to be rude. I'm just reading scripture. There's, you, 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 you Google it or you talk to your friends and you like, everyone thinks there's, there's multiple ways to get to heaven. In fact, you, you go out and you take a poll or you wonder, like 80% of Americans are going to heaven. Did you know that? There's little need for us to evangelize anymore because everybody's going to heaven, Right? I just, it's not, it's just not true. Like, because you say, well, well, what do you think about Jesus? And they say, well, well, he's one way. I'm like, well, he's one way. He's the only way. He's Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And, and I wanted you to know, I just, I had to be faithful to the word. I just wanted you to know there's only one way. John 3, verse 16, one of the famous verses that a lot of people know, even if they don't know, know Jesus, it says this. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He goes on a few verses later then in, in verse 36, and he says, whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. And, and you know, here's, here's the thing, is... He, God's not trying to, to be rude, and he's not, he's not the, like, angry with a, like, a, you ever picture him like a magnifying glass trying to burn little ants, you know? Like, he's not, like, he's not, like, this, but he, but there is only one way, and it's this invitation. He's like, everybody's on a one-way ticket this way to a road of destruction. He's like, but I've got a better plan, and there's one way, and his name is Jesus. John chapter 10, a few chapters later in verse 9, he says this, he says, Jesus talking, he says, I'm the gate. Some of your, your um, translations, it says, I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Here, here's number two. Number one, there's one way. Number two, there's two choices. You only get two choices. How many of you like choices? How many of you like, like one way? You're like the ones like, there is one way to do this. Any of you like that? There is only one way. And then some of you are like, you know, there's many ways. You know, there's many ways to do this, right? You know, um, I know some people that, that they're like, I've got the best way. Any of you like, you, it's, you're the best way and everyone just needs to fall in, fall in line? Well, let me at least give you two choices. There's two choices. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse, verse 13, Jesus was talking and he says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Actually, in the original language, the, the idea here is that most will enter through the road, the gate, the wide gate that leads to destruction. Verse 14, it says, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And I, I look at that verse, and I'm just thinking, but wait a minute, like, 80% of America is going to heaven, right? Like, wouldn't you want to know if you were on the wrong road, 
I would want to know. Somebody please tell me. I give you permission. Somebody tell me if you ever see me on a different road. I'd want to know. It goes on in Matthew 7. Jesus was talking in verse 21. He says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, that in the way they wrote that in the original, the, um, uh, that repeating of the word, Lord, Lord, um, the Hebrew mindset. Now, this was written in Greek, but the Hebrew mindset, which the writers were Hebrew, it, was, uh, it would be like, the, um, uh, like when you were doing like, a, like an emoji and a text, um, right? You, under, you understand that, guys, right? Emojis and text and, um, and that, where you're like saying emotion. Lord, Lord would be like the equivalent of someone saying, Lord, you know, putting an exclamation mark on this thing. And, and he's saying, there are people that are shouting, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And as I look at that, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that there's these fans. It was like me in the Nebraska stadium. That they're rooting for him. They're championing the, the cause of Christ. Even some of them are, are laying their lives down for, for a cause. And he's like, it's not a cause, it's me. It's a relationship. And there's, there's, a, there's a whole group here. And he's continuing this thought here that there is a narrow gate and there's a wide gate. And, and there's these people that are saying, Lord, Lord. And, but watch, it goes on and it says, it says this. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. I mean, there, you've got a group of people here. Um, anyone think like prophecy is a good deal? <laughs> like, what about driving out demons? When was the last time that you did that? Driving out demons and, and, or, or performing miracles. When was the last miraculous thing you did? And that was... This is the group of people that are talking to Jesus. Like, these are real deal. Like, they, they, they think that they're in. They think that they're followers. And he turns to them and says, well, actually, you're more of a fan because I, because I never knew you. He's like, man, that, that word no in the original language is, is like a, it connotates um, relationship. It's like you... Uh, Googling, uh, in my day, it was Michael Jordan, who's the, the greatest basketball player ever, right? Like, there's a debate between him and LeBron James, but, I mean, in my day, it was, it was him, and, and I, you know, I could have known everything about Michael Jordan. I could, have, I could have done research papers and known all the stats and known everything about his personal life and done all of this stuff and written a book about him, and I could show up at his door, knock on his door, if I could get, it's probably a gated community, I, you know, probably, you know, you press the intercom, and who is this? I'll guarantee you, he would say, who are you? But I, like, know everything about you. And he's like, he'd be, he'd be what's your name again? He's like, he's like, Jonathan, Jonathan, nope, nope, I, don't, I, I never knew you. I never knew you. And that's, that's the idea here, is that he's saying, like, put all this other stuff aside. I want to know you. I want us to have a relationship. Would you accept my invitation? I even put 50-cent stamp on it. It's in the mail. You can have it. And then in Matthew 7, as he goes on, verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. He's like, do you want to know how to, you want to, know how to go down the narrow road? 
He's like, hear my words and put them into practice. This, this is more than just this, this thing where you get to say yes to the best choice. He's like, he's like the narrow road is those who all you got to do is obey me. All you got to do is live a life that says, that says uh, God, I want to do everything that you say to do. And everything else um, I'm, putting by, I'm putting by the wayside. Here's the, here's the third step. There's actually three steps. It's as easy as one, two, three. Three steps. Acts 2, verse 38, Peter replied, he said, repent and be baptized. And this is, this is right after the Holy Ghost showdown in Acts 2, if you remember this. And, and all the disciples, about 120 of them, they're gathered in, in this room. And the Holy Spirit like, comes in such a dramatic way that the whole city hears it. And in fact, there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and the whole city comes to see what is this sound, what's going on. And, and Peter uh, comes out, and he, start, he preaches his first sermon, and the Bible says that, that 3,000 people give their heart to the Lord. I mean, that was a good first sermon. That, my first sermon did not go that way at all, not even close. And so this was the context, and, and in this sermon, Peter replies to this crowd who was wonder, wondering what was happening, and they wanted some. They're like, this is, this is cool, how do we get that? And he says this, he says, repent and be baptized. So there's the repentance, there's the turning. That word repent in the original language is matineo, and it means to change the way you think. And, and it absolutely also means to turn from your, uh, your ways. Uh, there's, this, there's this idea um, you know, with, with repenting, like, where sometimes we get focused on the behavior. Any of you just want your kids to behave? You know what I'm talking you're like, about? You're like, I don't even care if, you, if your mindset's right now. I'm trying to go to sleep. You're going to just, you're going to just behave. We're not dealing with heart issues. We're dealing with you're lying your butt down. And, and this is, Jesus went at it from a totally different perspective. He's like, change the way you think. Do you guys believe me? Watch. If you change the way you think, your behavior will change. I, I believe that. I believe if, if you have a mindset, Jesus said to be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. And uh, actually, it was Paul that said that in, in Romans chapter 12. And so, so this is, that's the definition of repent. It absolutely includes the turning, the 180-degree turn and going in a different direction. But he's like, change the way you think. In fact, when Jesus comes on the scene in Matthew chapter 4, he's, he's following up a, a whole ministry where John the Baptist was saying, repent, repent, repent. And, and Jesus comes on in Matthew 4, and what's Jesus say? Repent. <laughs> he says, repent. And he was talking to the religious leaders of the day. They were um, uh, Pharisees. And the Pharisees would have had, like, the whole Old Testament um, memorized. Like, they, had the, they knew Bible. They, were, they would be, like, in our context, like the pastors, like the community pastors. And so the community, Jesus, like, comes to, like, a community pastors meeting. And he tells them, repent. And I'm thinking, repent? Repent of what? You know? Or is there, like, some deep, deep dark, rooted sins that that these guys need to confess and maybe there was maybe there was something but do you know what the bigger issue was is their mindset this is what he said he said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand in other words he looks at these pharisees these religious leaders these these pastors in the community he says change the way you think so that you could see the kingdom you guys like i'm standing right in front of you and you can't even see me because because you're thinking wrong he says repent peter replied repent and be baptized. This is the, the water baptism. 
And we'll talk about that in a, in a second. And, and, and then he says, and, and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the, of the Holy Spirit. This word repent is really interesting um, to me because uh, I've, got, I've got three girls. Um, two of them are two of the, old, the oldest ones, seven years old and three years old. And we've been talking about um, how to like say you're sorry and, um, and mean it. And, and so like maybe you guys have, have experienced this, but, um, but in our home, one of the girls will do something naughty to the other girl and the other girl's like, like all dramatic, like, Wah! and you know, they come running and so-and-so did this. And, and then we sit down and like, like, you know, one of them's like, like hurt maybe and they're lying on the ground and, and I'm like, hey, look what you did. And I'm like, sorry. Poof, and then they and then they go off. <laughs> and I'm like, get, every time it's like, get back here, you know, so-and-so. I don't want to give names because um, uh, you might run into them. And, but so you know, they just like say sorry and they're gone. And I'm like, hey, if this is more than just like an I'm sorry. Like you hurt her. She's crying. I don't know that. I don't care if you meant it or not. Could you like get, give her a hug? Give her a hug. Like, like rub her hair. Do something. Like, like look at her in the eyes. Like, did you, I know you didn't mean to, but she's crying right now. Like, this is more than just a say, say you're sorry. This place of repent, there's a, there's a verse uh, in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. It says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. And, and I could, man, I could lead you in a prayer, and you would say, Pastor Jonathan, I don't know if, I'm gonna, if I were to die today, if I'm going to heaven, and I could say, well, repeat after me, and repeat, you know, these words, and you're like, wow, good, is that all it took? All right, and then you're out, and, and I would say, well, it's, it's a little bit more than that, because what he's saying here is, you, this is more than just, oh, I'm sorry, and then I'm off to do my own thing. He's like, in your heart, like, godly sorrow, where it's like, oh, Father, I am so sorry that my life, my choices, my sin has hurt you. And I, would you forgive me? And it's that place where you just, you really feel it in your heart where you take a moment and you sit and you contemplate that, man, like there's like a relational gap here because of mine. This isn't because of his ideas, because of my choices. And, and that godly sorrow closes the gap. The the second step here in this third point, I hope that doesn't confuse you, is, is the water baptism. And water baptism, many times in the New Testament, um, people were saved and then they were immediately dunked. And we believe in the dunking. We um, put them under. You're not, it actually doesn't really stick until about, I think it's 45 seconds underwater. Just how, it's not, 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 not quite true. But but the word baptism in the original langu- language means immersion. It, it actually mean, means to, to dunk on, underwater. And, um, and you may have come from a different tradition, and uh, there may, like, like a mainline church, like a Lutheran or a Methodist or a Catholic or something, and you may have been sprinkled. And, and, and where we're at with this is just that uh, the Bible says repent and be baptized. And, and we, we would just feel that a, that a child just uh, um, hasn't necessarily come to that place where they fully understand. And, and, and when they do fully understand, then it's at that point that they would uh, repent and be baptized. And um, a lot of the reasons... Um, for the other theology would be the, that fear that, well, what if the child dies 
um, before they, um, you know, give their heart to, to the Lord, then do they go to heaven or hell? And, and in, our, in, in our church, and as I've wrestled with Scripture, we would just say that if before they have, they're at that age of accountability, that, that, they're, that God um, loves them and has grace and that they would end up in heaven. You know, the same thing with, with, with miscarriages or, or, any, or a baby that would die. But then at that point, when they come to that age, and I don't think that there's like a specific age, but it's that place where, where the child would finally come to a point where they understand. And at that point, then, um, then there's the repent and be baptized. And so we believe in water baptism. And in Acts uh, 2.41, it says, so those who accepted his message were baptized. And um, why is it important? Why is water baptism important? And this is it, because accepting the message of Jesus is a private decision that needs to go public at some point. Like at some point. You need to be able to, to stand up, whether it's in a small group of friends or, or whether it's like on a stage here or sometimes we've gone to a lake or something like that. And at some point, you got to go public. It's, it's, it's the reason why we do uh, uh, wedding ceremonies, not just a wedding down at the courthouse or something. Because, uh, because you, you're going public before everybody that I'm, I'm getting married. It's the same reason why, why we will do like wedding rings, you know. Like, like this wedding ring doesn't like, this doesn't... Um, mean like uh, like when I put the ring on I'm, I'm married it's a symbol it's a symbol that um, this is taken right you can't have this this is for one person one person only it's a symbol and and so the same thing with water baptism um, this is a you know as we as we talk about this it's that going public is the important it's something spiritually happens when you go under the water, when you come back up and you, and you go public with your faith, there is actually a spiritual transaction, I believe, that happens. Here's the third thing, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and in this church, we, we emphasize that pretty big. Because I believe that if you want to live your Christian life out, like, you can't do it in your own strength. You can't just, like, will yourself to do this thing. You can't just, like, like mind over matter this. Like, you actually have to be empowered. And, and we believe that, that at salvation, you actually have the Holy Spirit in you. But there's a second work of the baptism. I like what Bill Johnson says um, out in Redding, California. He says, the Holy Spirit is in me for me, and then he comes on me for you. Like, I, I can't, like, do my job. You can't do your job in ministering to the people around you just really effectively without the supernatural empowerment and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. While um, Apollos was at Corinth, Acts 19, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they, they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Some of you maybe grew up in that church. You're just like, I, we, didn't even, we didn't know about it. We just didn't know. They were absolutely saved. Absolutely had given their heart to the Lord, but they didn't know about that part. No, we didn't even hear that there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then, then what baptism did you receive? Well, John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, this new revelation, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul placed his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them. Excuse me. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Like there was... An encounter here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and Paul is talking. He says, And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, he was comparing this, this uh, place of being drunk 
with wine to wait instead of that like there is an encounter there's an infilling and it, it's not it's not going to cause you to do something reckless but instead of this try this it's like be filled with the holy spirit some people ask well how do i how do i get to that place how do i do it? how do i get filled with the holy spirit I, I like to tell people remove the barriers what kind of barriers would there be like uh, sometimes it's religious barriers you know, you grew up in a certain environment where well, we just didn't do that. Sometimes it's mindset. Sometimes it's, it's just the, the way you've been thinking or whatever. You just, I would ask you, could you just, just push pause on some of those things? Say, you know what, if it's God, I want it. How many, you know, like if it's God, don't you want it? If it's not God, you don't want anything to do with it, let me tell you. But if it's the Lord, like he gives a good gift to those who ask. It, it, it's not scary. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. There's weird people, but the Holy Spirit isn't weird. And then there's the, you just, you just ask for it. You request the gift. Uh, I would just encourage you to just, in your own words, even under your breath right there, just say, say, Holy Spirit, if this is you, I want it. I want the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and you just ask. Luke 11 says that if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And then the third thing is to then, you, you just receive it by faith. You just say, okay, God, here. Here I am. And you receive it. Um, here's the, here's the, the concept in Scripture. Ezekiel 47. There's a, um, Ezekiel is led out um, in this vision by this angel. And it, and it says, as the man went out east with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a third of a mile and led me through the water. It came up to my ankles. And some of you in this room, you've um, encountered the Lord at ankle deep. Uh, that may be salvation for you or whatever. And, and that absolutely is genuine and that counts and that's amazing. Ankle deep is awesome. When, verse 4, then he, then he measured off a third of a mile and led me through water and it came up to my knees. And he measured uh, uh, off another third of a mile and he led me to, to water and it came up to my waist. And then again he measured off a third of a mile and it was a river that I could not cross on foot. For the water had risen, it was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be crossed on foot. And let me just say, man, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, ankle deep is all you need. But there is so much more. And there's these levels that you can go as you kind of take risks with the Holy Spirit and all this. But you know the, the place where we all need to be that I would suggest is the in over my head where I can't swim. And, and, and the reason is, is because the first three levels, I can touch ground. Like, I'm, I'm still in control. Ankle deep, I'm in control. I can touch. And knee deep, I'm, I, I, it's more, it's a, it's a deeper level, but I can still, I can still touch. Waist, I, it's a little bit harder to move, and, and I got to be careful, but I can still touch ground. When I'm in over my head, there's this place of, I'm not in control anymore, he is. And I just invite you, not only surrender your life, uh, your life to Jesus in salvation, but would you surrender your life to the Holy Spirit in the empowerment and the infilling and say, God, it is, it is not my way anymore. It is not my strength. It's not my wisdom. It's all you. And not only do I receive salvation, but I receive empowerment. I don't want to do this in my own strength anymore. Is that a good idea? Here, this is how, I, this is how I'd like you to respond. Um, some of you, uh, you'd say, Pastor Jonathan, I, if, I were to, if I were to die today, I don't know if I were to make it to heaven. And there's a couple ways that you could respond to this. One, in, in your bulletin, there should be a connect card. And you can mark a place that says that you're interested in receiving Jesus. And we'll call you, we'll talk to you, we'll pray with you. 
after service here, you may say, I just want to get this done right now. I don't want to, I don't want to wait. Uh, I just want to get this done right now. And so, and so you, you can come up and you can talk to someone, and we actually have st- stuff for you, like a, like a new Bible and some things that we'd like to be able to talk with you and set you on the right path. Some of you would say, Pastor Jonathan, um, like a long time ago, I, I gave my heart to the Lord, but, um, but I haven't been living for him. Uh, like I've been way off course, and like your GPS analogy, like, like Siri needs to recalculating route. Please make a U-turn now. And, and I, I would just encourage you, could today be the day? That you just say, man, I, somewhere along the line, I think I gave my heart to the Lord. I just need to recalculate route today. And I just want to give my heart to Jesus all over again. And um, There might be some of you in this room, and you would say, man, I did all of that. And I, for some reason, I have never been um, water baptized. I've never, uh, or, or maybe you, you did it one way, and you're like, I just need to re-up. And I, I just want to get that thing done. And would you, maybe on your connect card, or you want to talk to an usher, or talk to one of the pastors and say, I want to get this done. And as we start getting some names and all of that, then we're, we'll set up a time, and we'll get it done. We have like a big like horse trough, and we'll dunk you in there, and we'll make sure, we'll hold you under as long as it takes. She said 45 seconds. We'll get that done. Just obey the Lord in water baptism. And then lastly, there's some of you, that you've done all of that stuff. And you say, Pastor Jonathan, I just don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't think I've ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, man, today could be your day too. Right, right there in your seat. Maybe you want to come up. There's all kinds of ways. Scripture says that the laying out of hands. In the, in the upper room, the disciples were sitting there and nobody touched them. Whatever is comfortable for you, but today could be that day. I would just invite you to just ask for it. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want that. What he was talking about, I don't get it all, but I want that. Can we stand this morning? In a few minutes, we're going to transition this place. We're going to have food together, and we're going to hang out. But could we take like two or three extra minutes here and just make sure before we move that, that God's been able to do everything that God wants to do? If you're part of our prayer altar team, I just invite you to just come, even right now. If you're one that you're, you're one of the first ones, you're just like, I just need Jesus for the first time. I just need to make sure. Would you? You, just, you can come forward. You can do it in your seat. If you're the, I want to give my heart to the Lord again for the first time. Or you, there's anything you need prayer for, especially that last one you say Pastor Jonathan I just want to be filled with I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit you can come forward but right now over this place we ask for it we position our hearts before you and we say come Holy Spirit from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet to the tips of our fingers would you encounter us in a fresh way Lord that we would leave here changed never the same that we wouldn't leave the same way we came in total transformation total transformation let's sing this song with the worship team and while they're playing if you would like to come forward you're welcome to